Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and from thebigkickoff.com, it's Nathan Doyle and Neve McGee. Now, Premier League over in England last week had the Hall of Fame. We decided we'd start the show off and we'd talk about if there was a League of Ireland Hall of Fame, who would open up and I suppose who would be the first couple to go in. So, Neve, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think, who would you have in first for a Hall of Fame League of Ireland? Yeah, so one of the people I thought of straight away is actually Gary Rogers because goalkeepers are often underrated, I think. And look, he's played in some of the biggest clubs in the league, perhaps Sligo Rovers, Dundalk. And I actually looked it up just to see because I was curious and he actually played over 700 appearances between the Cups and the League of Ireland matches themselves, which is just crazy when you think about it. So, yeah, such an experienced player. And I can't even imagine how many saves he's made across those appearances as well. So I'd slot him right in there just for that alone. Like He seems to be around forever in the league as well, hasn't he? Yeah, that's a. I think that's a, that's a great show, isn't it? Starting off, you know, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not the. It's not the the normal ones. And Nathan, you're under a bit of pressure now. So who who would you throw in? Yeah, I played it safe, really safe now. Um, sorry, it's only you now. Let me have me second. Uh, yeah, I went with, with Brendan Bradley as as one of my guys. I think it's uh, <laughs> super yeah, safe. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it just you know? But then it's one of them people. If you don't say it. You get called out for you know, and I True. don't want people saying mean things about me. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, besides the fact he's obviously a Finn Harp legend, and he went on to win the FEI Cup with them uh, back in 1974, I think it was. And of course, he beat St. Pat's in the final. What's the, it's just St. Pat's in FEI Cup final, and <laughs> it's tough, it's tough. Well, yeah, look, obviously, even away from the whole what he's done at Finn Harp, the fact that he's the all time uh, goal scorer within the League of Ireland with 245 goals, I think that, that speaks for itself, really. Yeah, so I do. I have a little sort of a two or three lists of people in the country that I thought would have went in. But um, yeah, to start things off, Brendan Bradley is my number one um, first ballot Hall of Famer, despite how safe of a guess that really is. But yeah, actually, even as soon as Neil said it, I thought, yeah, actually, Gary Rogers is there. A cracking show because I didn't even think of him to be honest. Yeah, I think Nave's in trouble now. She's after starting really high there. She has to keep a high level now for the rest yeah. of this podcast. I'm not sure now this is going to be tricky. I'm going to go for Pat Bourne, who was the, I suppose, the centre of Shamrock Rovers four in a row title winners in, in the 80s. I mean, you could pick a, a good few players out of that side, but uh, just for, you know, for a team to go on and win, you know, four in a row, whatever it is, anything in a row, it's just it's very hard to do. But the the, the football that Shamrock Rovers used to play and and are, and are back playing now, it's it's great to watch. So he's my little outsider, if you want. But I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm t- listening to the two of yours, and they make total sense. So it's very hard. Is there anyone now? I suppose you have to be. One of the things would be you would have to be not playing anymore so there couldn't be anyone in yeah. the, the dark side now who's still playing or anything like that but of course down the road they would be looked at Nathan yeah I think so I think and again we, we're just making this all the same up in our heads but yeah we're going to set ground rules I'd agree I, I think it'd have to be you know retired and probably stay away from, from your one season wonders and your cult heroes and things like that you know I think longevity will have to go into it but 
Yeah, in fairness, there is guys in the league at the moment, you know, I think like if you touch on Lundalk, I think even Hogan would be one that comes to mind that if he continues his goal, goal scoring prowess, he, he will be definitely up for consideration whenever he decides to hand up the boots. Um, yeah, anybody else do you think? Any, any other suggestions you'd like to follow here uh, that we're going to induct into our first ever uh, League of Ireland big kickoff Hall of Fame? Well, what about Wes? Yeah, I was thinking Wes. Uh, the two I, I had, probably even from that era, if you want to call it, was Wes and, um, and Paddy McCourt. Paddy McCourt, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I suppose it comes down to how many games you've kind of played, so how long the longevity within the League of Ireland. Uh, trophies yeah. is going to be a big thing, I suppose, you know, if, if, if you're with uh, Can you be in the Hall of Famer if you haven't won anything? Um, see, this, and I, I know we, we don't want to get too sidetracked on the Premier League, one, but this is a little debate me and the lads were having. Uh, one of the one of the lads, uh, CEO threw out the suggestion. Now, oh, name who who would you have? Name ten players you'd have in the Premier League Hall of Fame. And one of my ten was Stephen Gerrard, and that's what kicked off the whole debate of, oh, well, they never won the league. I was like, well, I think you sort of have to take the whole thing into consideration. You know, take in obviously the silverware and winning the title, but like longevity in the league itself and natural ability too has to come into play. I think. Yeah, well, he's won a couple of FA Cups, I suppose. You can't really count the Champions League because that's, that's nothing got to do with the league nah. itself. So, the Cups are included, yes. League, obviously, is included. So, but, yeah, so, so this is where the debate comes down to, you know, is there a player there who, who hasn't won many trophies and and deserves to be in there because, you know, of the... Maybe they held the club up. Maybe it's someone from, you know... <laughs> I don't know, we go, we go with just like Finn Harps now, but someone who's been there mainstay for 10 years and, and have kept this club together for those 10 years, that might be the, the, the achievement rather than being lucky enough to be in a side that, uh, you know, won four leagues or five leagues in a row, but you had 10 quality players around them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that those have to be certain uh, circumstances that go with it. Can I throw out my other two, actually, while we're here? Go on. And it's going to completely negate what you said because the two of them are notorious winners. <laughs> um, the first one is Torlock O'Connor. Yeah. I think he has to be in there. He's already in the Bowls Hall of Fame. He's won uh, two league titles as a player, one of the Bowls in 1975 and 1978, I believe. Some Ola fans can let me know. Uh, four league of one titles as a manager with Atlone and Dundalk. He's won two FBI Cups, one as a player, one as a manager. Uh, yeah, I've managed him with the likes of Dundalk, uh, his hometown club, Athlone, Bohemians. He's just a massive reputation in the league, doesn't he? Like, like he, I think he's another one that's some sort, somewhat of a safe bet, you know, if you ask yeah, all the fans in particular, uh, who would he put into a League of Ireland Hall of Fame? I think Paul O'Connor would be another one. Uh, I just want to point out, I already, I'm only 25 years of age and I'm at this point at two older people. It's not like I'm a weird little... League of Ireland hipster, which uh, we just had, we, we were doing a series a while ago, but like, we're looking back at the career retrospective, and these two, like, just done a career retrospective on both days, Brendan Bradley and Tola O'Connor, and it just, yeah, just, it just stuck with me as like, and then like, reading fan reaction and stuff, like, they were genuine bona fide legends within the league. Yeah, what about Liam Coyle? Liam Coyle had a, yeah. a, a I suppose, a, a long, well, a long time with, with, with Derry City and the treble winners in, ooh, I had that wrote down, in 89. Uh, so someone like that, that's, you know, they've kind of got the bit of trophy. They've, they've been with that club a, a long time. I suppose you're going to go through every team and they'll all have their little bits. Oh. But 
to go for the two, Neve, if, if we're all the ones we're talking about, and even one that you might have popped into your head, who would you cement in as the first two? Uh, so yeah, along with Barry Rogers, I was thinking of uh, Ross Cotaro as well. I know obviously he played for Rovers, but he came in really, really young to the senior side. He made his debut so young, like as a teenager. He went through cup finals, league finals, and then he obviously went on to St. Harps, and now he's helping to coach Derry. So I just think he's like dominated the whole northwest of the league, you know. So uh, he just he's such racking in the goals as well. So I put him in as well. Really talented player, and again, you have to have a bit of history with the club, I think. To stick with one club for a few seasons and show that loyalty, I think that deserves a bit of a Hall of Fame moment as well. You know, it's not all money talking; it's just dedication to a club as well. So I like that about him. Okay, so there you go. So maybe loyalty is something in the league, Brian. Although if you yeah, have if you so. have, if you have a player who's a centre forward and he bangs in over twenty goals for every club that he plays for, I suppose you couldn't knock him for that either. So. Uh, I think we'll go for the first two. Yeah. I, th- I think I think we kind of nailed it there. I think Gary Rogers is is definitely he's won the trophy. He's he's as we said recently in Europa leagues represented the the club uh, at the highest level and at uh, an age that you would have thought that m- maybe a player wouldn't, but uh, he uh, he was excellent in that in the, those campaigns. Um, and uh, Nathan, of course, you know, top goal scorer, top leagues, top goal scorer, you just couldn't couldn't not put him in. No, no, I, I don't, uh, I, I think he'd be mad not then. I think we'd be doing an injustice to this uh, Hall of Fame that we've now opened. Uh, it'd be, yeah, we've made a crime if Brendan wasn't in there. Actually, just now, let, let's, I'm going to probably put you in the spot a little bit, actually. Uh, now that we've set up this Hall of Fame, I'm, can I open a little win? Can I open a little West win? Just, just, to, just to go with it. If you were to name one manager off the top of your head, who would you think would go into that? Neve, I'm going to pass it on to you. Pass the ball. That's a tough one. In fairness, you see, the Cohen boss is Sligo. You know, I know we don't want to go with Sligo heavy all the time, but it could be a Yeah, no, I was thinking that as well, yeah. There's a lot more sticks than Liam Buckley. What about Keely? Oh, yeah. Yeah, could do. I mean, he was at the... The top of his stuff at the time when, when Shelbourne were were D team. Yeah, yeah, we did dominate, didn't we? And mm. uh, even back then, it was it was far from a from a one horse race either. Dominated when there was when there was a fair few for it. So it's uh, at, the, at the top game too. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm going to throw one out. Uh, probably fresh off that Derry City documentary I watched last week. Could be Jim McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 Won eight eight league eight league titles as a manager. Some record in fairness. Eight league titles from like nineteen seventy six and nineteen ninety two. The four different clubs. It's, well, I think. Yeah, I think. I think them. if um, if Roddy Collins had the vote, he'd he, he'd be in himself. Ah, Roddy, Roddy. <laughs> Sorry, Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the, the, so uh, we, we've got we've got our our first two. We have, of course, Gary Rogers and uh, Brendan Brendan Bradley. If you think there's anyone else that should get in ahead of those two lads, leave them in the uh, comments in any of the the podcast sites that you have or uh, send it on to us on the bigkickoff.com bigkickoff96.4 at gmail.com or join us on the LOI Sports Bar on YouTube and Facebook on a Friday night and let us know we'll bring that back up again OK Nathan you wanted to talk about the return to grassroots football Yeah I did and to sort of down to back to you I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it because obviously we 
we're talking involvement uh, within your local side. I'm sure you wouldn't mind me putting it up here. Uh, but yeah, it's just good to see, isn't it? You know, there's a ton of training for, for teams uh, from the age of under 18 and under. I've been returned to training uh, on this Monday, just gone. So I think it's nice to see in a physical aspect, not for a mental aspect, you know, where we can sometimes forget about the younger generation and, and forget that they too can struggle uh, mentally, you know, from not being stimulated and, and not going to training. And even that could be from a social aspect of not meeting up with their friends and, and getting involved with a hobby that they love. So I think it's really, it can't be said enough that to, to see anybody returning, not only to football, but to whatever makes them happy. It's, it's really it's great to see some sort of a light at the end of the tunnel really isn't it well listen it's it's been well overdue to tell you the truth the fact that the the government uh, I suppose put outdoor sports aside when that was probably the biggest thing that they they needed to do was to keep outdoor sports going um, obviously over the Christmas time they didn't everything can be locked down and you know normally football is, is finished then anyhow but it came out the other day I think it was just over the weekend or before the weekend the percentage of how many people have contacted COVID in an outdoor setting and it's 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 so minuscule it, do, it doesn't even matter it's like point something of a percent so the, the ho- I think it's like zero point Zero point one percent or something. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was something stupid. So the fact that they had all these, you know, the information, and they didn't just have this information last week. They had this information for ages, sort of things around for the last year, that they 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 made such a balls of it, you know, not not having kids out, and and you know what's happening? There's more kids going to lose out on football. They think people are we rushing back, but there's a whole load of kids they're going to lose to football and basketball and Gaelic football and whatever it is because they've been out of it so long they got distracted and they're doing other stuff for and uh, I tell you the truth I've seen more antisocial behaviour now than I've than I ever have had and uh, it's definitely because of the lockdown you know kids are bored kids don't know what to do mm-hmm. and for the kids who have gone back it's a breath of fresh air they're, they're delighted they, they just couldn't we we had uh, two training sessions back and all the kids want to do is to have games of football and they're not even allowing them have games of football it's individual you know non, non-contact well there's, there's no real contact in, 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 in football nowadays anyhow so like, it's absolute nonsense uh, for me the, so your question is is like what can they do to look after them well they can actually just let kids play you know, just let the kids play. There's, there's no big deal. They're going into school. They're on, on top of each other. You know, they're going out into playgrounds. And, you know, so there's no big deal. The, the people who, who are running the country, first of all, Neffet have got too much power. I'm getting very political here. Neffet have got uh, too much power and they're they're going over the top. There's there's like a some sort of crazed power monger who really wants to just do whatever they can do and they know that their time is nearly up and they won't be in the spotlight anymore and kids not being able to play football has suffered because of them you know and and the government just do whatever they're told to do and then they they make mess of it and you know they they don't see the consequences because they're they're in their own bubble anyhow yeah i'm getting very taken away from that but yeah they should just just get it going. Just get it going. Get football going. Now, I know one of the biggest things yeah. is parents meeting up 
and what have you but it's up to the clubs then to make sure that the parents are segregated that they stay in their cars and what have you that they're not out watching training sessions and that's fine and, cl- and clubs can do that that's that's not a problem so there needs to be some sort of responsibility there and there needs to be trust that that responsibility will be done and for, for, the, for the most of what we've seen I think it was only in Gaelic football at the start of all this after after that I think Gaelic football uh, got their act together as well but at the start of this people maybe were going into clubhouses or something uh, I think that's why there was outbreaks between Gaelic football things but they shut them down they made sure it was shut down so people copped on people were responsible and uh, then people just let kids play football and that's and that's exactly what's been happening and there has been no incidents of outbreaks in football clubs so um, it's great to have it back so that was a very long-winded talk <laughs> you better yeah, off not ask me another question <laughs> I was actually going to, but I'm afraid that uh, Roy De Valera will pop up once again with a bit of a political, <laughs> political response. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a weird that he had this role as a switch to just start asking questions. But anyway, uh, I, I, was, I was reading up on the, on the FBI on the protocols, so it's on the training protocols. Uh, you probably will hear us to say, like, how, how strict are they being enforced? So is, is it more so just, like you said, down to a bit of common sense on the behalf of the coaches and the parents? Well, let's what way the clubs did it this time is no different really than what way they did it the first time around. Everything was there. They have hand sanitizers. They have people, parents have to stay in their cars and stay away. The, the players come in, you know, they, wa- they wash their hands beforehand or with the gels and to get out and you do your individual sort of training and you know kids just want to be out kicking the ball kicking the ball into the back of the net so there's nothing different than happened the last time but to tell you the truth as I said to you already um, they could be back playing full time football matches now and it wouldn't make a damn of a difference that's the, the honest you've yeah. seen the stats so yeah they should as soon as possible they need to sort that out and organise that so yeah, it's yeah, it, it, listen. Club, clubs are very responsible, I have to say, and that's a, that's all clubs, and it looks like it with all sports as well. Yeah, there's definitely there's no reason why they shouldn't be back playing four matches. They only have that later. They should be playing a male, but they should be definitely back uh, ASAP. Yeah, and also, did leagues need to make sure because leagues normally close down during the summer, which has happened an awful lot, and the leagues need to make sure that they're open for the whole summer. Because there's so, so much football. That's it's you know seven, eight, nine months of uh, probably more close to a year of football lost. So uh, there's no reason why no one's going to be flying away to Spain and all that. So they need to keep the football open for the whole summer and play all the way through to Christmas and make sure the kids get as much game time as possible. And 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 anyone, anyone who's out there, people miss football. So whether it's your five side or it's your senior teams or whatever, they they need to get the football open and keep it open and and not have this ridiculous thing where they call they called it summer football at one stage and then they closed down for July and August. So, yeah, anyhow. So we, we could go into a, a whole lot of that, but, uh, yeah, keep it open, play football as much as you possibly can. Okay, Nathan, so we'll go with uh, uh, UEFA and Michal Martin giving out to them and Euro 2020 in 2021 not happening. No, no, we, talk, uh, we talked about this in the sports bar uh, on Friday that uh, obviously the, the game, the Euro 2020 games that are due to be played in Dublin have now been moved between Petersburg and London. So we thought, you know, maybe that was it. That was going to be the end of it, you know. that was, It wasn't going to happen in Dublin, which is a crying shame. But no, uh, me, hard man, <laughs> trick, uh, popped up with you. It's got to be political in this show, hasn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going into a, into a politics podcast. <laughs> so quickly, how they know what happened. But yeah, uh, the Taoiseach Nihal Martin uh, came out and said that you wait for well, out of order in the stance of having crowd, uh, demanding crowds to, to attend uh, the, the European Championship in the summer. Uh, obviously, as we know, you wait wanted at least 20, uh, 25% of people in attendance in the stadium. Uh, he believes that you wait for forcing fans into the Viva Stadium prematurely. And even went as far as saying that he never thought it was a realistic proposition when you add in the return of fans to the ground and the pub uh, won't be open. They'll only open outdoors now, they're saying. At the end of May, hotels won't be open for June. So we just thought it was never going to be a realistic proposition anyway. Coin uh, shame, I think. I, I really do. I would think it would have been an absolute crack and showcase of football. Um, not only in Irish football, just the country in general, you know, because these chances are very few and far between. Now, indeed, the, the host of major tournament, the host of major event like this, and I've even seen, I said a couple of times in here, I was due to walk at it, and just the planning and preparation, even from, from the people above me, was absolutely fantastic. And to see that come to nothing, you know, it really is a fine shame. And the fact that it could have been done to like 25% of people, so it's just a little bit over 12,000 people in the in the stadium. The event is big enough. Uh, to, for to safely accommodate 12,000 people, I believe. Anyway, I think, uh, like, like you said, going back to the outdoor transmission rate, it's, it's something down to 0.1%. Realistically, there's no reason why we shouldn't be having games. I know we can think of outside, like, like where the economy, it, just, it wouldn't have been the same. We understand that, and the economy, the economy wouldn't have benefited the way it would have in normal times. But if we're just looking solely on the game itself and getting 12,000, just over 12,000 people within the, into the stadium, I think there's no reason why it couldn't have been done, to be honest. Nave, did we want the tournament on in our country where you couldn't have the full effect? Was that something that you'd want to see or, you know, does it make a difference at all? Look, I would have loved to see a normal time, considering we're not even in it. Again, it's a bit ironic, isn't it? A bit hypocritical. And yeah. if the supporters aren't able to go in and the fans aren't able to come in, like, I hate to agree with me, Homer, and to and I really do. But, uh, you know, there's no point paying all this money out hosting it and the architecture getting it all fixed up, getting all that done, and then, you know, paying to run it and then not bringing any income in because there's no people coming. There's no one spending money in the hotels, the pubs, the restaurants, tickets, stuff like that. So I kind of get where he's coming from. We'd probably be at more of a loss than a gain. Uh, but like you were saying there a minute ago, I don't get why outdoor venues like the zoos and that are open now. Why aren't outdoor venues for football? I don't only get it. Like, I know you're congregating, but like the Aviv is massive. You can definitely meet the requirements in there, I think myself. But I don't get why it, it can't be done. At least Irish fans alone, I get why they might not have to bring in other people, but I think it could be done. But look. Yeah, I'm kind of on the, the side. I mentioned this before that we're, we're not in it. I can't see mm. why you'd really want to hear, especially with the the crowd not being there so it's kind of just a, a dead egg there's nothing much going on um, Michal Martin can give out all he wants but he's the one who has all the pubs slows down he has all the hotels slows down so he's in charge of that you know so if he really wanted to um, otherwise we're not ready so you know so I think it has to go somewhere else I think it has to go I mean you way far looking at it as a spectacle and, and it wouldn't be much of a spectacle if there was no one in the grounds for these matches so they wanted to have a festival of football so if other countries can give that then that's where they should go and I, I'm for one again it's a bit like you saying with the Michal Martin thing but UEFA I wouldn't normally back UEFA on all things they say but 
on this one I kind of agree with them I, I just don't see, see see the point I feel sorry for Nathan he was going to have his, his big days out and you know getting involved in it and I'm sure loads of other people who, were, who couldn't wait to, to get out and get involved in it. and it would have been great to have a buzz around but if there's no fans you know, I don't I, I don't really see the point too much and maybe I'm still a bit bitter about Ireland not getting through so you know that's <laughs> that's that's probably a major part okay Neve, we're going to go on to Dundalk and Dundalk FC chairman Bill Hulser has hit back at his critics declaring that everyone involved with the club is doing the very very best they can do and he says he doesn't really care what people say and if they really want to uh, put their money on the table and show them how to do it that they can what did you make of this? Yeah, look, I just thought it was a bit rude to kind of say, you know, he doesn't care what people think, as in he's also considering there the supporters and the fans. And to be fair, we can't really have supporters putting money and get a manager. We don't really have that say. So I thought he dismissed the whole fan base there, supporters group, that he really shouldn't have because it just messes with the reputation. It'll only put people off the club that might be new to supporting the club. And I just think that was a risky thing to do, to come out like that and say it, um, because supporters have every right to have to say, after all, they're the ones that get the tickets to season passes. They're the ones that turn up, you know. So it just kind of put me off straight away when he said that, to be honest. And that's just my own view. Like I'm sure he had some points behind it as well, but just the way he said it. Nathan, he did mention that uh, about the mistakes that they made, that they only had three pre-season friendlies when Shamrock Rovers had nine, uh, that they let players, some players go that they probably shouldn't have and one definite. Uh, who do you think that one definite was? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um... I initially thought it was Sean Hawke, to be honest. I, I think Sean Hawke would be the one. I think you could also make the argument for Sean Gannon, but in fairness, he's probably like, the, the, the Latvian guy that came in. He, he looked as good as, as, as Sean did last season. We've seen Gannon even play, you know, it's only one game, but playing against the uh, Bohemians and he was given the complete runaround by Ross Kearney. Yeah, so I think maybe the one player could be Sean Hall. Anybody else, really? Just, I'm not too sure. Like, and I, we, we just put Gary Rogers into our Hall of Fame, so we don't want to be bashing Gary Rogers. But he was getting on years, you know. He, he's a tired. It's not like he moved on anywhere. John Newton, mm-hmm. as much as I think he's doing okay at past, he was more of a guitar player, really. Wasn't he at, uh, at Dundalk? He wasn't a regular starter. So, yeah, I think if it's going to just sort of start knocking people down, yeah, kind of have an imaginary game. I guess here, Sean Hall is the only one really that stands for me. Yeah, unless they unless they convince Gary Rogers to have stayed on another year, or there was negotiations that he might have stayed on if he got X, Y, and Z because they definitely missed the the goalkeeper. I'm not we're not convinced. I don't think we're convinced, but I'm certainly not convinced on the goalkeepers that are there at the moment. Um, and and hopefully for them they step it up and 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 they they uh, step up to the plate. But I don't see that at the moment. Okay. Fans questions, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, fans questions. Uh, I actually told you what they're going to be this week, so brilliant. Good, good step forward. Yeah, keep them coming. Get them get them fans questions into us, guys. Get them on social media at thebigkickoff.com. Send them in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can get me on LinkedIn. I've got loads of questions on LinkedIn. I don't know what the question with that is. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, the fourth one, the fourth one actually, is it, is the fourth ever verbal question I was given. This wasn't a submission. This was asked by uh, by my girlfriend's dad, and we were down watching the Tiger match last weekend. <laughs> and he, he said, "I have a question for you to give, and that radio team you do." So <laughs> here we are on the radio team that we do, uh, and he wants to know. Obviously, all everyone seems to be talking about after the weekend was Joey and those performance. 
on commentary and slug a robot game. And so, yeah, my girlfriend's dad, Noel, wants to know, does Joey and Doyle have a future career as a commentator? What's his name, Noel? Noel. No, okay. Well, Noel, I'm going to say no. Um, as much as he was entertaining, as much as uh, everyone loved him, I, I did feel that the I felt the uh, the uncomfortableness of the commentator beside him every time, and ooh, or, or, I think he felt uh, he he was trying to keep him control, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure that he, he he really he enjoyed it, but I'm not sure he really enjoyed it after a while. It was. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was great. It was funny. It was, it's brilliant. And it's nice to have that, you know, something different. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not so sure. He, he might have to tone down his oohs and ahs. Not get rid of them though, because that, that was the beauty part of it. Uh, Niamh, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, he's so funny. I mean, he'd be brilliant to have like on, you know, a radio talk or a podcast or something, but just for the full 90 minutes, I mean, he was a bit much to take, and like you said, you could kind of tell the other commentator was feeling a bit awkward and kind of trying to quiet him up a bit, because in those just kept talking about really long sentences, and your <laughs> man was kind of trying to cut off and say what was going on in the game, you know. Uh, but he, he was having a bit too much fun, yeah, with all the oohs and ahs. It was a bit uncomfortable to listen to to be fair. So, uh, look, I, no, I, I don't think he'd come back now, maybe on the radio or something, but I, I don't think he's... But no, such a funny man, and he definitely loves the game, like he could tell that, but... No, I don't think so. I think he'd be great on the panel, that is true. You know, at half time he gets his five <laughs> minutes and you know, uh, a, a bit of a, a bit of a tonic. When you look at Mika Richards, that's not saying they don't know anything about football. Of course, they know loads about football. But uh, look at Mika Richards. Some people just love him because of he's a tonic and he's laughing and the chemistry he has with Kane. One's one's happy all the time, perceived to be happy all the time, and then the other one's perceived to be not happy all the time, and it just works very well. So, uh, Joey and Doe, yeah, might he he'd be great. I'd love to see Joey and Doe, and uh, we'll keep with Roddy Collins. Keep Roddy Collins there. I wonder if they'd how they get on. Uh, second question. Oh, actually, what do you reckon, yeah. Nathan? Oh, yeah, little old me. Um, forget everybody, Collins. I want to see Joey and Don, which is sadly. I want to see them <laughs> having, a, having a couple of uh, conversations. That's a, that's a duo. Yeah, look, you cannot fault a man's passion. Love uh, his football, clearly. But, yeah, as a commentator, now it's not for me. Oh, all the using the cards. I thought I logged on to the wrong website. I was like, gee, what is this? Um, but, yeah, look. Over 90 minutes, you, you want someone to get into the meat of the game, don't you? And it just, it just the analytical side of it just wasn't really there for me. And the while it was funny, and like you said, a bit of a tonic and a bit of a palate cleanser from, from the usual suspects. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was it. Like, I'd be happy enough if it was a one and done, to be honest. Um, like, they have two games, two games coming up uh, the weekend, obviously, with the bank holiday, pasta playing Sligo. Uh, in the showgrounds on Monday and yeah I wouldn't be overly enthusiastic to see him see Joey pop up on that one I have to say but still listening okay second question second question is from uh, Fiona Carroll and I absolutely love these questions now this is just a basic podcast questions and I love them uh, Fiona wants to know is there any unpopular League of Ireland or just general football opinion that you want to share well, I have mine, but I'm going to go with Neve first. Uh, I'm always passing it on to Neve. But Neve, you go first. You throw yours out there. Yeah, look, I don't think it's too unpopular. Probably a lot of people feel this way, but I've seen the game has got so bloody soft over the last few years. Like, I'm only young myself. Even just in the last 10 years, it seems like you can barely make a tackle or kind of hard, tough tackle without getting a card, a free kick, a foul, something like that. It just kind of clicked. And I was watching there a game on RTE the other day. I can't even remember which one it was, but... 
there was a red card given away with something that was basically unavoidable, you know, and things like that just get you really irritated. Dog get pissed off at refs, like, you know, giving fouls to our own teams, but it can be a bit over the top. It feels like we can barely do anything now without getting a, a free kick or a foul out of it or a card, so that's mine. It's not that unpopular, I'm sure. <laughs> some of you probably agree. Yeah, it's I, I'm not sure it's that unpopular, but it's certainly something that's aggravating a lot of people. So I think I think the actual fact that you cannot tackle anymore is an an unpopular uh, sight uh, in football terms because uh, yeah, it's just annoying. Really, is annoying. You can't you can't do any tackles anymore. Um, my one is it probably it's, it's going to be very unpopular because it, and it's probably very European Super Leaguey as well. My one would be. I've always had that thought in my head and I think I might have shared this with Nathan before about getting rid of all the League of Ireland clubs and having counties instead so County Donegal just like the the way GAA is and I thought it would be more tribal that way people would get behind it more there'd probably be more money put into it then uh, there'd be companies within those counties more likely to to put money into them and I just thought that if they, if they had a structure of the 26 counties or if 30 are in as well 27 28 whatever 32 even with the with the with the north whatever way they decided that it would there would be more benefits from that now obviously you'd be losing out on a lot of history there'd be a lot of Shamrock Rovers and Finn Harps and Derry and Sligo and Pats fans and Cove and uh, the whole lot of those uh, fan bases who are usually loyal to their fa- to their club but they'd be all very upset and 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 they'd be spitting down the 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 phone lines at me but I, I, I just I just think that, that it, it just seems very logical to me that that would be a, a great way to sort of give you a platform to build something that would eventually if you look at the GAA the way it's done Build something on to- on top of that. Now I know GAA is supposed to be supposed to be um, amateur, and uh, League of Ireland is supposed to be uh, supposed to be professional in or semi professional. Um, it's definitely in the Premier Division. So it, there is different uh, aspects to it. But when you look at uh, Galway United have have a new sponsor today, um, and uh, there's just loads of big companies out there that can give their money to something that they believe in. And at the moment, I don't think, I don't think people, companies believe in, in, in the League of Ireland. So, uh, no, I hope that changes. And, I, and I'd love to see the league, the way it is, structured well and uh, marketed well. And, you know, it, it's, it's starting to go in the right way. But I just think there's so many people out there who have no club they don't follow anyone uh, you know like there's people in Monaghan they don't have it in Monaghan United you know um, I suppose there's people in Carlow don't really have a, a, a team so there are loads of people around the country who be football lovers but probably don't have a team because they're they're left out so um, yeah that would be mine how, how unpopular would that one be? I think uh, like you said people would sort of agree with the whole fact you know like, like the probably football fans and the likes of Tipperary and Mayo and things like this that you know could go to games but speaking as the same past fan yeah that, uh, that that would not be I would not be impressed if that was to go ahead you know obviously trying to drop your club and then all of a sudden you have to join up with you know Bohemian fans Norwood fans and all of a sudden come together and join and support Dublin FC so yeah I think that one will I think that one will um, 
wind a few people up, Roy Buck. Now that's, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> that is, it is the whole point. But it would actually make sense. It, that's the, the it actually makes sense because, I mean, again, as I said, it's very European Super League but it's not in, yeah. in a way that it's it's not just to create money. It's it's to create the brand to make sure the brand is is, is a better brand. Um, I mean, you as you said already. I mean, uh, the amount of fans that a Dublin would get would be unreal. You know, amount of fans. Uh, obviously, Cork are there, so that you'd be talking about getting rid of Cove, and I'm sure the people in Cove would hate me um, if if that was to happen. And I, I certainly don't want that to happen. Um, you know, but the the more the years go on and trundle by, and the league is still at the same level and same standard, uh, I think you have to start thinking of different ideas. So. Yeah, yeah. Everyone either gets the finger out and and starts working really, really hard at getting the money into League of Ireland, and that includes the FAI as well and the government. Uh, if they don't start doing it, then they have to really start thinking outside the box. And that's where my thinking outside the box would be uh, a very unpopular uh, thought, I think, but uh, one that I think makes sense if if they if the clubs, the league, and the government don't get their finger out. Oh, that was so good. I know I had to follow up with my stupid one that I just thought <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're the deal, me. What's yours, Nathan? Oh, mine is. I have two. I have two. One of them is actually pretty good, and I think we'll get a few oohs, but I'm going to leave that at last because that's Fiona asked for a general one, too. So I said I want to throw a general football unpopular opinion in. But my League of Ireland one is, is complete nonsense, and it's, it's wrong. I know it's wrong. And because if, if you pay your money, you can be able to do what you want. Well, not within reason, within the confines of the law and, and, and social norm, or some sort of social normality. <laughs> you should be able to do what you want. And in this case, wear what you want. Because it bugs me out so much in a matter of League of Ireland game and there's some toss of wearing an industry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? And there's two reasons behind And it's not just me. I said it here loads of times. I am one of the majority League of Ireland fans. I support an English team. I'm a Manchester United fan. Not proud of the past couple of weeks, but my long-term Manchester United fan and I'm a St. Pat's fan. And we have two reasons behind it. Uh, fourth one was we were at an away, an away game down in Cork. And there was a little kid about three rows of fun. Great atmosphere. Place was buzzing. Half-time. Sort of settled down. Everyone's sitting down having a chat. And there was, two, there was a little kid with two rows ahead of me in a Man City shirt, which really wound me up, you know. Like, and I can't complain. I was a Manchester United fan in the early 2000s. I was the worst type of child. So now I look at Manchester <laughs> City fans like, yeah, you know, there's some piss off, you know. You didn't hear that short, short of it. So, anyway, sitting down, went quiet. Little kid, one of dad looked up. I was like, dad. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be dad. I'm having, a great, I'm having a great day. Thanks for bringing me. But dad, I'm bored. And I was like, you little prick. <laughs> like, like, Etihad isn't better than this. The Etihad is worse. I was in the Etihad. It's awesome. You wouldn't enjoy that either. And the second one was, we were, again, on the way trip. I think it was in Limerick. And this lad walking around, walking around. I'm like, we were chatting away for a little bit, you know, me, me and a few of the lads. And I forget what the actual conversation was. And something about, you know, like like, like money and expenses like that. You know, like, oh, coming down, we, we were like giving out and, you know, how much it was for the train, how much it was. Just like you know, the typical Irish malarkey, yeah. you know, that's like. And this guy wandered over, and you know what he seems like mm-hmm. a typical Irish Liverpool fan. He was just one of the say this was fourth league of Ireland game. He got a free ticket, whatever came down, and start full on pitching us of why we shouldn't be here and why we should be going to Anfield instead. 
and gave it the whole malar, gave the whole pitch, and was like, all right, fair enough, you know, whatever, you enjoy what you enjoy, I'm not going to have you. And I said to them at the end of it, oh, sure, when was the last, they joked me, when was the last time you were in Anfield? Oh, never. I was just like, oh, mate, get out of my face now. <laughs> so, yeah, two bad little stories that wound me up more than they should have. And, yeah, it really does put me out when I see people in English jerseys at a league of all games. Does that not, so, yeah, does that not say to you, Nathan, that the, the clubs aren't making the experience entertaining enough? Well, yeah, that's that probably of the kids saying I'm bored, my Matthew Cox that you can't say, but... Yeah, look, it's, uh, I look, that's what I mean. That's, that's my own little gripe. Uh, you can look at the club, should be doing more, should be making more of, um, of an experience, really, than just a match. You know, we can go to a match anytime. We can go to a local park and just watch football. Well, we come down to these grounds, you know. And I have to say, again, going back to my own little personal story, uh, my first game, we, we played, uh, I think it was Galway or Drotter, and we were in, my auntie brought me, my auntie and uncle brought me down, and we went into, into the McDowell's, into the bar, into a different park. Which, first of all, I don't know what I was doing in my cells as I was seven. Uh, but it brought me in, and I remember that was like, it was, there was, was a DVD on, and there was all goals. It was, uh, uh, like, a, it was like the end of the season, so it was like a review of the season. A couple of goals, atmosphere was flying. It was, it was like a really, really good atmosphere. I've never seen anything like at that stage. Even at that stage, there was never, I never even went over to Old Trafford or anything. This is my fourth real experience of loyal football. And that's one thing that still to this day stands out and it's, and it's still one of the reasons why I wanted to go back down was because of the experience I had in that mm. day. I couldn't tell you what the scoreline was. I couldn't tell you who played. I couldn't tell you what colour jersey the away team wore. But I could, I could remember everything about that, about that experience itself. And I think to give people going down to, fourth, to one of the fourth games to get that experience more than the, than the match itself, it needs to be an overall package. And the two need to go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I used to bring, I said before on the show, I used to bring my brother on to see Shelbourne at the, the time. They were at the peak of their powers, tried to get him into League of Ireland football, went most of that season. He loved it. Then we brought him over to see Celtic and that was it. Lost him. No League of Ireland anymore. Full blood Celtic fan and, you know, tattooed himself and everything with Celtic. So, um, th- th- that's, that's what we're looking at. And, you know, you've got, you're, you're competing with that. So you've, you've got to step up and, and make it the whole thing an experience for the kids and, and make them want to go back into these. It, the football's fine. It, I tell you the truth, the football, if you look at the football in Ireland and you look at the football in, in England, the Times and, and in Scotland, there's rubbish matches and there's good matches. That I think it's the experience around the football matches. That's where you can lure people back into the stadium. So uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, uh, you are one of the ones who got hooked and, and that's good. I don't think it, they all do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I would go. OK, listen. The League of Ireland Sports Bar is on YouTube and face our Facebook page, the Big Kickoff Facebook page, the Big Kickoff League of Ireland uh, show channel on YouTube. And uh, there's a full list of games on, I think the only teams who aren't playing on Friday night are Cove Ramblers and Galway. Everyone else is playing on the Friday night uh, or evening. Then on Monday, lads, the big game, Sligo versus St. Pat's. It's the big one. Yeah. So that should be interesting. If the PES can't get tickets, you should be down the grounds, the, the, the show grounds to see that one. So it'll be interesting. By the time we get around the next time, with two full league fixtures in the Premier Division, uh, 
we will uh, we'll, there'll be a lot of change in, in that league table so it'll be very 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 interesting okay Neve. Thanks very much for your time. Um, I won't ask you who's going to win that game because I already know the answer between the two of you. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, but maybe Joey will, Joey will uh, do, do commentary and just uh, uh, spice that one up a little bit. I'll be interested to hear anyhow. And uh, Neve, thanks very much. Nathan, thanks very much. And we'll talk to this next week.